What's up, everybody? We have the one and only Ashley Pickens here from Chicago Fire Junior South joining us. Uh, she's going to give us some tips and tricks on uh, basically what she does as a coach. And uh, so, Ashley, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you're about, where you came from, how you got started with soccer, okay. and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so ever since I was little, four years old, starting rec soccer with my sisters and then just going about with traveling and then, um, through high school. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Carl Sandburg okay. in Orland. Cool. Uh, played all the way through varsity. Um, loved it. And then when I graduated, unfortunately wasn't able to play in college based on where I chose and, uh, career choices and things like that. Um, but still stayed involved. And then um, decided once I graduated my teaching degree to start coaching. Uh-huh. And that's where I'm at now. Cool. Yeah. So take me back to high school soccer. Okay. Okay. What was like your favorite part of high school soccer? Um, just in general, like the competition of playing with like so many different people in the uh -huh. area. And once you get to that varsity level, you really are playing like the best of the best in the area. Sure. Um, rather than when you're traveling, you play really good teams and then you play teams that aren't so great. Right. Um, so just like the high competition and also like fighting for your spot on the team, uh -huh. um, coming from Sandburg, which is like a huge school in yeah. Orland, uh, you really had a fight for that starting spot. Sure. Um, along with your the team. The most exciting part of it. Yeah. Got yeah. It. And they're still your teammates, so you love them and you know, you're still like working with them, but at the same time you you're are competing at practice. Yes. Gotcha. Definitely. Cool. So when did you play varsity? Did you play varsity like right freshman year or did it take you a couple of years to get to varsity? Um, so freshman year, I was playing up, but not officially on the varsity roster. Okay. And then sophomore, junior, and senior year, I was on the varsity team. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, so let me do this because uh, my experience in high school, I didn't play varsity soccer. I don't think till I was in my sophomore year, like you. Okay. Right. Yeah. And for some kids, like if you don't make it freshman year, that's like a big thing. Yeah. So what, what, what would you advise kids that maybe didn't make varsity freshman year or even didn't make varsity sophomore year? Um, so my just advice on that is, I mean, coming out as a freshman or a sophomore, making the varsity team, um, it's hard to then get that starting spot. So yes, you're on that high level and you're playing with people, but then you have to think of how much time you're not getting playing during the games. Right. Where, like for me, when Playing I was... Playing time's huge. Yeah. For experience. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't take it as like, ooh, I'm a bad player. Mm -hmm. I more just took it as there's so many good players and that I'll get there. And then so when I was... Perfect. Yeah. So then when I was starting on the freshman team, um, I was playing pretty much the whole game when we were playing. And I was one of the top players. So you. you're able to, you know... The team's looking up to you, and you're able to showcase what your skills are. Basically, experience different situations at a freshman level that you wouldn't experience if you did make it to a varsity level. Definitely. You just have to have a positive mindset no matter where you're placed because just know you're going to get there, and rather than making it like feel like, oh, I'm never going to get there, I stink, I'm just going to stop. I think what you just said is so huge with kids yeah. in soccer, in sports in general. Like, staying positive is number one yeah no matter what the situation is definitely because you could be at, at a club team and sitting the bench and three years later you could be playing at 
a different club team or at a very high level, but if you're if you're basically negative mm-hmm. about well, the situation, yeah. it's just going to make things worse. Yeah, and it's going to represent the way you play. Absolutely. I've seen that so much with players that if even if they're not the best players, but they have good attitude and they really work at it, like they end up being the people I rely on the most for the games. 100%. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So varsity soccer, once you did start playing varsity soccer, were there any like specific moments that were like that stand out for you right now um well it was just different because like they so i played defense and my travel team when i played okay. and then they wanted me like midfield center mid when i was on my uh sandberg varsity team so it was like a transition but um so like at first it was just totally like a change and sure. um but then coming out and just realizing, you know, that's where they needed me and that's where it worked out with the teammates rather than like pouting being like, I'm only a defending player. I just uh-huh. learned that you really do have to know how to play every position. Sure. Um, and just having a good mindset with that. But gotcha. um, yeah, just overall was awesome, you know, playing at your high school representing and um, yeah. That's sick. So did you have opportunities to play college and then you just didn't go or how did that whole So um Basically, I just knew right out of the gate that I was just going to go to a local community college okay. because I was working full-time. Gotcha. So um, I just picked, basically, while I was in high school, am I going to pick academics or soccer? Gotcha. Um, even though I love soccer so much, I did just go with academics cool. um, and working just because I knew where I wanted to be now, uh-huh. and that's what I had to do at the moment to get where I wanted to be now. Gotcha. Yeah. So where you're at now, you're coaching at Chicago Fire Junior South. Correct. Correct. Yes. And so help me understand where, when you started with Chicago Fire Juniors, like when that was, how you got involved with it, you, you know, kind of your process and then how that led to where you are now. Yeah. Um, so I, when I graduated college and I got my teaching job, I reached out to Jose Smith, uh, director of Chicago Fire South. Sure. And I started with just the kitty camp. So basically it was rock soccer, really young kids getting in there for the first time ever. It was great because it was so cute uh-huh. and you really could And we see... actually did a kiddies camp yes. together yes. one winter, like that was maybe three years ago. Yeah, two, three years ago. Sure. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, it's cute because they just really are starting to love the game and you teach them the basics and then you see them grow so much. By the way, you, you are really good at working with young kids thank you because i started i started working with these young kids and um it's tough at at ages six seven eight even nine years old yes. when their attention span is this big yeah keeping them engaged is is tricky and watching you do that was was pretty remarkable thank you yeah the, i think the teaching uh job definitely helped with that yeah but um That's yeah great. i mean there's even kids as low as uh young as four years old that come in and it's just like whoa, like how are we going to get this child to understand the whole concept of soccer? But you just start small and then right. you build on that. Cool. Um, so yeah, I did that for about a year and a half. Gotcha. And then uh, I was talking to Jose about a team and he wanted to give me a girls team. So I had a U15 girls team. Okay. And um, they were actually at the C level and then got moved up to B. So okay. they were on the lower end, but then they were in a division that – they fought for okay. once I took them over. So I knew that was going to be tough because they were used to kind of the um, lower level 
Um, but I like that almost because I wanted these girls to know that they're still good players and that you can get there. You just got to work for it rather than thinking like, oh, you're C, you're just going to always be in that lower division. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just got in there and I was the first female coach I've ever had. So I try to use that to my advantage and um, really just focus on So help me understand that. How yeah. did you use that to your advantage? What does that mean? Um, because I feel like sometimes girls in general at – age 15 are very kind of um, going through a transition. So they um, are a little uncomfortable with themselves even, on, like kind sure, of awkward. 100%. And mm, some of the male coaches that I've seen, I mean, obviously know soccer so well and do a great job coaching, but sometimes the girls just don't feel as comfortable with them of like talking to them or talking about things that they need to work on rather than finding it like as something uh, like getting all defensive or thinking it's something that is talking down to them about. hundred percent. Yes. I mean, even as a guy coach, when I coach girls, sometimes it is difficult to get yeah. a, a young girl to open up about yeah. certain things, um, which I can imagine that that may be easier for, for you to do. Yeah. Like you, sometimes I feel like you, you feel like they're, um, you know, shutting down, and then if you're telling them things that they need to work on, you're going to almost just, like, make them hate soccer sure. or, like, give up. So I just kind of tried to, like, lighten the mood and have a good balance of fun, but they also totally knew to take me seriously and that I was, you know, wanting to do well in these games. You and were then, there to get the best out of them. Yes. Gotcha. Um, but I also showed them that I am here for you, and I know that you guys have lives outside of soccer, and being supportive of the life outside of soccer shows them that I'm here also for the soccer field. I think that's huge with coaches these days because, like, even myself, I get I cross that line with being too soccer, yeah, and not enough life Personal outside life. of soccer. And I think that, especially at younger ages, mm -hmm. turns a lot of kids off. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Because they just want to know that their coach like cares about all aspects of their life, not right. just run the soccer field. Sure. Um, and we did, we did very well actually for having a new division um we lost i think two games out of the whole season and they took those losses so hard but <laughs> it's like you have to see where you came from and where you're going you know yeah it's two losses but that's huge from where you were before yeah and then um you know then the next year you have to again focus. positivity yes yeah. i mean you have to learn from those losses like even if you make mistakes, it's okay, but you then need to learn from them and, you know, try to fix it. Like, oh, you know, I could not for the life of me cross that ball with my left foot. I really need to work on my left foot. Right. And then every practice, start using your left foot more. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then after, now I'm doing a lot more of the head leading stuff for all the camps in the South area. Okay. Um, Frankfurt, Mokina. Cool. Um, working on that and just... Um, yeah, staying busy. And are you still doing like personal training as well? I am. Okay. Yeah. So. So you'll do one-on-one -on -one with girls or like small groups and stuff like definitely, that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I have a bunch of different options. I have the one-on-one, -on -one and then um, pretty much goes up to groups of like ten. Okay. Um, I also offer awesome. conditioning, um, personal training. Yeah. If, um, girls really wanted just to work on just staying conditioned and you know. Is that for soccer players or any? Pretty sports. much anyone. Okay. Yeah, but um, so you do conditioning for like all sports. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, obviously, I have the soccer market, so yeah. that was kind of who I was getting, but that's okay. Sure. Anyone, but uh, I told them I'm like, even if you know you have a best friend or a brother or sister, right. you know, I they we could because it's conditioning is just good for all sports, obviously, and especially for the off seasons. Absolutely, and uh, 
The best thing about personal training, especially one-on-one -on -one or small groups, is that attention you can give mm -hmm. to the players. I mean, that's yeah. the whole real reason behind Xyler Training Academy yeah. is to put that quality as high as possible yeah. while keeping the quantity, you know, quality over quantity, keeping the quantity low, and that allows room and space for, for the quality. Definitely. Yeah, because I had, because um, as a team, you know, there's things that you need to work on as a team to improve your whole team and be able to win games and things like that. But individually, everyone has those one, two, three, even four things that they really need to work on or that not their strengths. Yep. So doing the personal training was great because I was able to actually like even talk to the parents, what they wanted out of it, okay. what they see that their child struggles with, and then what the child actually felt that they struggled with. Okay. I always started with that when I had the first uh, client. I always said like, what is what are the things that you feel like you could do better at because right. them being able to recognize it is great and then um, I can get them my input based on what I've experienced or what I saw them do sure and then go from there and I saw yeah great growth with growth with that because you're just focusing on those areas you need to work on that's good method because then you, you can attack that right away see the improvements right away and then their confidence goes from here to here definitely yeah um, so yeah. Take, take me back to uh, like your experience with coaching U15. Okay. Because I think a lot of the audience, yeah. um, I'm hoping the, the audience here is going to be interested in what you have to say about that dynamic okay. and that situation. So yeah. you're coaching U15. What are some of the things that are really great about coaching um, that age group? And what are some things that, let's say, are difficult uh, about coaching that age group? Okay. Um, yeah, so once they get around that age of 15, I feel like it's either the kids continue to just love soccer so much, or they're starting to almost like not want to go, get lazy, want to hang out with their friends. So it's a transition year. Yes, okay. I, I really do think so. Um, because also they're in that like eighth grade mark where they're going to be going into high school. Sure. So they're getting new other different friends. And, different interests. Yes. Okay. Um, so it was hard because you really wanted them to be committed and you wanted them to um, be doing things outside of soccer and just loving it. Um, and sometimes you felt like, ooh, is that there? So that was the biggest strength or struggle for me. Okay. Because you really have to have them still love soccer, but uh -huh. it's still a competition because they're on that higher level of um travel soccer okay. so you can't just be like oh yeah no big deal we just lost 10 nothing everyone just go party yeah there's gotta know. be balance yeah, yeah i mean and you have to make sure that the people that you're you're coaching are disciplined but you can't put that in there if they don't want it themselves great way to put it um so you have to build that through other ways like i said earlier like really just showing them you care about them and that you're interested in their education and mm -hmm. um, their family and all oh, that's great you're going on vacation you know yeah. have a blast but these are things that we need to make sure that we're doing um, on your have fun time. but stay fit yes <laughs> have fun but you need to still you know do these things because we got a game in two weeks right. so um, yeah and just make sure that they take you seriously too because yeah. um, Again, you don't want to be too strict to the point where they really just can't stand you, but you want them to also take it seriously, not thinking they can just show up late or yeah. show up um, not ready to play and sure. things like that. So I, 
I want to get your perspective on handling parents, which I know can be rough waters in some, yeah. uh, in some aspects. But um, I could imagine, based off of what you're just telling me, some parents and their kids are like all in mm-hmm. and they're committed and they're showing up every practice and blah, blah, blah. And then while other parents are kind of laid back, maybe they miss a practice here and there. How do you, how do you balance uh, those different spectrums, different um, sides of the spectrum? I mean, it is definitely difficult. Um, I think what it comes down to is you really have to try to imagine yourself in the parent's shoes. Everyone has life going on, whether yeah. you have a couple kids, one kid. Um, also, parents have their best, their child's best interest in mind, not yes. always the team's best interest. Yes, that's um, huge. Yes. I think that's huge. So I think and not just for the coach to put themselves in the parent's shoes, but the parents should put themselves in the other parent's shoes Yes. that are on the other side of the spectrum. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, because overall, obviously it's a team. So yes. you're on the team for a reason because you're a good player. Right. And, um, but you need to work as a team rather than just think, well, my child wants to play this position. Why isn't he there? Or my child wants this much playing time. Why isn't he playing the whole game and subbing this much? It's all for a reason. And um, it's all things that include, you know, um, practice time and who's showing up on time, who's showing up late, right. who's coming to practice and really putting their all in. Right. And some of those things the parents don't see Agree or with. try not to try not to see. Yeah. So, you know, their child could maybe not come to every practice or come to practice and kind of slack off and then their child's not starting and then they get mad at you. Yeah. Um, and it's not a punishment, it just it is a competition, like I said earlier, with, with that um when I was playing varsity those are your teammates, but they all are so a little bit of your competition because yeah. you want that playing time, so you yeah. got to work for it. You can't just expect it. So, what? From my perspective, I see a lot of parents that are just over the top in into like their kid playing, mm-hmm. and they're over the top uh, worrying about if the kid is playing the right position or if their child is uh, getting enough playing time, and it's just over the top. Yeah, and they they get angry about. Um, certain things very very quickly yeah what what what's your take on that um I just think they need to trust the coach they need to yeah um also just like good coaches they have multiple different personalities they're the strict coach they're the fun coach they're the funny coach you know they're the loud coach on the sidelines but then they're also the quiet coach on the sidelines you need to have that good balance and I think that takes it for a parent too like you want to be strict with your child but then there's times where you need to let, let back a little bit and right. let them figure it out. And then I think that's the same thing for the coach. There's times to have a talk with the coach, but then there's also times just to trust them and let it be. 100%. I think one of the things you just said there was letting the letting the child experience it for themselves. Because mm-hmm. ultimately it's their experience, right? Yes. So if the parent's butting in, and here I'll give you a great example. We I went to a tournament. I had a parent... The child played like 10 minutes in the tournament. Yeah. Now, he had missed a practice the week before, and to be honest, technically he wasn't quite there compared to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So he played a little less than the rest of the kids. Yeah. Um, and this was the first game of the tournament. We had like five or six more games. Yeah. To the kid, he didn't, it didn't, he didn't care. 
Yeah. He was just happy to be part of the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the parent went over the top, pissed off about it. Mm -hmm. They left the tournament. They didn't even get an opportunity. They didn't even give their kid the opportunity to play the rest of the tournament. Yeah. And just experience what that environment is like to be part of a team, to be at a tournament. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... That's what it's about, ultimately. Yeah. Um, so I think parents just get over the top involved. You gotta let the kid experience it for for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like emotions from parents, because again, they're paying for it and they want the best for their child and all that. Yeah, exactly. They almost teach their kids bad habits, like reacting that way or really getting mad. Well, you're just teaching your child to pout almost when things don't go the way that you want. Exactly. So you have to realize that as a parent, things that you are doing can reflect a bad thing on your child. You have to model what you want them to model. Exactly. Um, yeah. And That's you, huge. I mean, you, just as a parent, you know, you, you got to sometimes, you know, not give your child what they want or you got to teach them lessons. And that's just what coaches have to do sometimes too. Um, Good point. Yeah. So... Parents and coaches are very similar, but I feel like sometimes parents need to let the coaches do their thing, and coaches just like they let parents do their thing. Right. As a parent. You now know? I'll I'll uh, I'll take some some criticism for this, but there are some parent some coaches out there that don't necessarily like communicating with parents, and mm-hmm. it's some, for for some of these reasons, right? Yeah. Um. Now my fault in my learning experience with coaching young kids, coaches. Ha- have to talk to the parents yeah. at some point mm-hmm. and have that consistent communication with the parents in whatever style or uh, whatever style that is, whether it's emailing everyone once a week or yeah. meeting with everyone once a week or meeting with one-on-one with these parents um, every other week, something like that. Yeah, I've learned myself, coaches can't be, be completely distant from the parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it goes with the same thing with um, teaching. So I teach first grade in Frankfurt, and same thing. I can't just go about my my weeks or my months and not be communicating with parents about what's just going on or or just how my kids are doing. It, because even though you're coaching the child, the child is pulling their whole family behind them. So you have to have them involved as well. Um, so I think, and then the parents appreciate it and then they trust you more because they're like, wow, you know, they're keeping me in the loop, but they really know what they're talking about and things are going great. Um, and it's not even like a win lose type of situation. It's not only that good coaches have teams that win every game and bad coaches lose every game. Losing is a part of the growing process. So everyone needs to lose the game. Right. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but it's like I said earlier, taking the loss and totally changing and fixing those little tweaks and problems just so then you can move forward with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. I think uh, we're wrapping up on time. Yeah. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, if anyone has any questions for me or Coach Ashley on whether it's high school, you know, private training, you know, anything like that, feel free to reach out to both of us. I'll make sure I'll leave uh, contact information somewhere in this video. So thanks again for, for coming out. Yeah, thank you for having me.